podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc. When I was about six years old, my family was living in Tulsa, Oklahoma. My dad had moved our family of five um, from California out to Oklahoma where he was going to attend Bible college. It was a school where they kind of educated people and taught people that wanted to be uh, in church work. And so he was out there getting an education. And so uh, we lived in a small apartment complex. And like most six-year-olds, six year, six year I, I lived for any opportunity that I had to be outside just hanging out with my friends. And so I had befriended some of the neighbor kids Uh, that kind of lived around me. And I remember one weekend was approaching and one of my closest neighbor friends told me he wouldn't be able to hang out or or play outside because his cousins were coming into town. And and since his cousins lived afar, he was going to have to spend uh, some time with them when the weekend came around. I felt betrayed in my six-year-old mind. It made a whole lot of sense. Like, how dare you betray me for them when I'm here every day and they just come into town and you leave me, right? So uh, when the weekend came around, I was just bored out of my mind. And so I go out one morning and I try to find something to do, try to, uh, you know, entertain myself. And And I find the neighbor's dog who had escaped from the little patio area. It was like a, a white terrier of some sort. And so I'm out there playing with the little dog. And in my peripheral vision, I can see my friend and his cousins come out in their balcony. Well, they started laughing and have a good time. And it was like one of those moments. You ever been around people that they, they, they want to make sure that you know that they're having a better time than you are. So everything they do is like way overdone. Like they laugh like really loud and they're like almost obnoxious. Like it's really overdone. Like when they laugh, they laugh and they roll their necks so their eyes can make eye contact with you on the way around. Just so they know that you're seeing them have a better time than you are. And so I did what I still do best. I ignore those types of people. And uh, pretty soon they call my name, Nick, Nick. And so I run over and they're like, come here, come here. And so I go over to the, to the balcony and, and I'm like, what? They're like, hey, you should pick the dog up and throw it in the air. No, that's a horrible idea. One, my parents would kill me too. I'm not that guy. I'm not throwing the dog. And they, come on, Nick, do it. Come on, just take, take the dog and throw it in there. It would be funny. Hey, we, we won't tell anybody. Come on, don't be a chicken. And when they said that, they appealed to my six-year-old ego because there's one thing that I was not, and that is a chicken. They kept just, just man, just tearing me down. Come on, Nick, take the dog, throw it in the air. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. But, but finally, they wore me down. And, and I did what none of you would ever do. And I went and I picked up that little white dog with all my six-year-old might. I launched him into the air. When I launched the dog into the air, instant laughter, instant celebration. For me at six years old, it was instant approval. For me, they were the in crowd. I would have given anything to be up in the balcony with those people. And the more they laughed, the more I felt wanted, the more I felt a part of the in crowd. And I got to be honest with you, even at six years old, this fed something on the inside of me. This feeling that somehow in this moment I belonged. The more they laughed, the more I tossed that little dog in the air. Pretty soon, the, the neighbor's uh, daughter that owned the dog came out. And, and immediately, of course, my friends run inside. I'm left out there by myself. And the dog is running around. So I just act like nothing. You know, you know nothing's going on around here. And the neighbor's like, notice the dog's kind of limping. And so she picks it up. Don't look at me like that. She picks the dog up and sets it on the roof of the car. And she's like, Nick, do you know what happened? And like, I have no idea. Like, I... I didn't even know the dog was out here, you know, like, and she's like, you sure you don't know what happened? And then she drops the line again, you can tell me, I won't tell anybody. And for me, an opportunity to be honest, an opportunity to be open, an opportunity to be me, I, 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 she cracked me like an egg and I spilled my guts and I told her everything that happened. And she told me she wouldn't tell anybody. I thought we can move on. And so I went up and later that night, she betrayed me and told my parents. And uh, my parents had words with me and by words, I don't mean words. 
And uh, they made me dress up, actually. They made me dress up and go downstairs and knock on the neighbor's door with a little gift in hand. And uh, I had to apologize. I'm sorry, you know, for what happened you know, with your dog. The dog was, was fine. He, he survived. I tell you that story to say this. It's funny the things in life we'll do to be accepted. It's funny the things we'll do to feel like we belong, like we're significant, like we mean something. We will betray our commitments. We will betray our convictions. We will betray our instincts. We will betray the things that really make us us for the sake, for the chance, really, of feeling like we belong, right? To feel like we fit in. This is this is why we have demographics, right? This is why we have labels. And, and we put them on other people, but we don't just put them on other people. We identify with them ourselves, don't we? Right? I'm fat. I'm skinny. I'm attractive. I'm unattractive. I'm educated. I'm uneducated. I'm popular. I'm not popular. I'm athletic. I'm artistic, right? We have all these, these different categories that we fit into. And all of these things, they, they add boundaries to our existence because for us, boundaries equal belonging. If I can fit myself, if I can fit other people into a box, well, then maybe I have the chance of understanding those people. Even if I don't agree with you, if I can at least add parameters to your existence, at least if I can say, okay, I can see where they're coming from, if I can put you into a box, if I can put you into a label, if I can put myself into a box or a label, maybe I can understand because if I can understand, maybe I can accept because if I can't understand, it's very difficult for us as human beings to accept. You see, our ability to accept others is based largely on our ability to understand others. And what happens? What happens when we can't fit people into our boxes? We do what we do best. We reject, right? And we almost don't even do this on purpose. And you see this in in the world all around us. You you probably even see this, I mean, today, Pokemon, Pokemon Go, right? I mean, parents with their kids. You're not playing that stupid game. What is this stupid game? Parents, if if, if you're against Pokemon Go, just don't call it Pokemon Go, okay? That's all I ask. (laughs) Not that Pokemon Go, right? Just don't call it Pokemon Go. It's Pokemon Go. But what we do, what we do is we say, no, you're not playing that game. That game's stupid. That game's dumb. And why do we say that? Because we don't understand it. For us, we don't get the appeal, but to our child, that's something that they love. And so what do we do without even knowing that we do it? We drive a wedge over something as simple as a game between us and our children. And we program into their psyche that when they like something that mom and dad don't like, then they better not talk to mom and dad about it. Maybe you've been a victim of this in some fashion or another. Maybe you're the guy that your dad always told you that you weren't manly enough because your interests weren't common interests to the stereotypical man. Maybe you were into more artistic things and your dad told you, you need to be more athletic. You need to be outside. You need to be into guy stuff. Guys aren't supposed to be into fashion. Maybe you're a girl who maybe your mom, come on, come on, honey, you're you're too much of a tomboy. You need to wear more makeup. You need to dress up. You need to be more feminine. Maybe you heard things like this. You can never make a career out of something like that. Why? Because your parents couldn't and because it didn't fit inside of their box because they couldn't understand it, because they couldn't add perimeters to it. What did they do? They rejected. it. And what did they do? They drove a wedge. And, and for us, those of us who are parents, man, I, I guess it's this moment where we have to ask ourselves, what do we want? Do we want to be right or do we want relationship with our kids? Because sometimes we can't have both. And sometimes in life, even when we don't understand, we have to learn to love despite the fact that we may not understand, that it may not fit into our box. This can be difficult. This can be difficult, especially when it comes to our faith, because you kind of dive into the understanding that God has made you 
for a reason and you begin to understand your ability to connect with God is based on Christ, you begin to see something very clear and it's this, that God has not created you to fit in, but God has actually designed you to stand out. Okay, so for those of us that maybe have grown up in church, man, this can be very, very exciting. For people who like good preaching, man, this preach is really good. God has not created you to fit, fit in. God has created you to stand out. But for others, this can be extremely terrifying because this goes against what most of us our entire life had fight, have fought to do. We want to blend in. I just, I just want to be able to, to go and, and not stand out because I'm different. I'm tired of being different. I'm tired of being misunderstood. I'm tired of feeling like nobody gets me. I just want to blend in. I just want to fit. I just want to feel like I can blend in. And so when we hear something like this, for me growing up in church, I mean, it has its own set of connotations of, of things that it kind of brings up in my mind. I, I mean, it makes me think God wants me to stand out. And I immediately think that, okay, then I'm going to have to be the guy, you know, with the Christian bumper sticker that says God answers an email, you know, being on your knees praying. And I'm going to have to have the Christian t-shirts. And I'm going to have to be the person that gets into the break room at work and gathers everybody around and tells them to turn or burn because Jesus is coming back. Or I'm going to have to stand up on the table at school. And I'm going to have to tell everybody, hey, Jesus is coming back. You need to repent. You need to get your lives right. And there's nothing wrong if that's your style. But for me, that's not. And for me, that's terrifying, the fact that I may have to stand out, but this is not what we're talking about at all. What I'm talking about is God has designed you intentionally. And a lot of the things that you pass over is, man, I hate this thing about me, is actually a gift from God. And if you would ever begin to dive in to understand and maybe open your mind to say, okay, maybe I'm like this on purpose. Maybe I'm like, I am the way that I am for a reason. Just maybe you would begin to find your significance in life. At our church, we like to say it like this, that you exist on purpose for a purpose. Each and every one of us in this room, at each and every one of our campuses, your existence is on purpose for a purpose. What am I talking about? Let's take the first part, on purpose. What I'm saying is you're not an accident. You may be an accident to your parents, but you're not an accident to God. Society may label you as, as a byproduct of sexual abuse or a byproduct of, a, of an extramarital affair, right? But God doesn't see you that way. God has designed you intricately and you exist on purpose to God. God knew that you would be here. When you think about the design of your physical body, when you think about the fact that nobody on the face of planet Earth has the same fingerprint as you do, how is that possible? No one, and the billions of people that exist on planet Earth have the same fingerprint as you do. Let's take it a step further. Your DNA, your genetic makeup. There's nobody that exists that has your same genetic DNA. We're able to solve crimes that are decades old by simply having a strand of hair or a, a fragment of skin. My mom was telling me just this morning how she did this, uh, this, this DNA test where she's able to find ancestors, all from her DNA. Why? Because God has created you intricately on purpose, even in the fine details. And I don't think it even stops there. The things I think most of us, most of us overlook and we, we dismiss as insignificant. Most of us, we've even been frustrated about it. Things like our personality. I wish I was more outgoing. I wish I was more like them. I wish I had those looks. I wish I, I behaved more like them. When we dismiss our personality, and instead of understanding if God spent that much time working on our fingerprint, if God spends that much time working on your DNA, do you not think that he has designed your personality? When you think about the passions that you have, that maybe your father or your mother or your, your cousin or your neighbor, the people that you really trusted, maybe they criticized you for those things and you've given up on some dreams, you've given up on some things that, man, you've been really passionate about. Do you not think that God has crafted you with the passions of your heart? If God has been so intentional to design your fingerprint, 
God has been so intentional to design your DNA that most people will never see. Don't you think he spent time crafting your personality and your passions? You exist on purpose. And you don't just exist on purpose. You exist for a purpose. There's a reason that you're here. And it's funny because all of creation kind of knows this, all of humanity. We know this and we're driven to this. Whether you're a believer in God, whether you have faith in Christ or not, we're all driven to find our space. We see so many people trying to find, man, what am I supposed to be doing, right? We do this growing up, man, what? And this is what happens. There's, there's, there's several different scenarios. Most people just end up giving up and settling for the status quo because they can't figure it out. And since they can't figure it out, they say, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to get myself a career. I'm going to work really hard until I can retire. And then I'm going to enjoy life. And so I get up, I go to, go to work, I come home, I have a beer, I go to sleep, I get up in the morning and I repeat why, because I don't know why, why I'm here. And it's too difficult to try to figure it out. And then we have people that just live their life based upon what they feel. I'm just going to go with the wind, man. Wherever the wind takes me, I'm just going to be myself. And to them, being their self is just going what they feel, but going with what you feel. Man, feelings are horrible leaders because feelings change. Feelings are deceptive. Feelings cause cause people to murder and do horrible things and breaking their vows. And and, and feelings cause people to, to, to separate and to argue and to fight. Why? Because feelings change. Feelings are horrible leaders. But God has created you for a purpose. And this is kind of how I want to break this down. I want to start with the original statement, and then we're going to kind of explore this statement today. Okay? What is our purpose? I'm going to put your purpose, each and every one of us in this room, those of us who have placed our faith in God, whether you've placed your faith in God or not, eventually you're going to have to come to terms with this is why you're here. And here it is. To use your personality and passion to push forward God's plan. Your purpose in life is to use your personality and passion that is designed intentionally, not on accident, by God to push forward God's plan. What is God's plan? God's plan for humanity is the same as it's always been, and it's to have relationship with God, to be connected with God. What sounds too simple? You will never find fulfillment in life until you come to the the place in the road where you decide, I am made by God for God. And there is zero fulfillment. There is zero belonging. There is zero contentment outside of that. God desires for you to connect with him. We see it in John 3, 16, right? One of the most popular passages of scripture. This is how much God loved the world, that he gave his son, his one and only son. And this is why, so that no one need be destroyed, but by believing in him, anyone, say anyone, can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, to put the world right. Again, this is God's purpose, that we would connect to God. But it doesn't just end there. God's desire for you is God's desire for everybody. So when we come to God in our eternity, man, our faith is placed in Christ so that we can have a relationship with God. Man, it's not we found our purpose game over. No, that's really the foundation. That's really where things take off. That's really where things begin. Because then we're to use our lives, our personality, our passion to connect others to God. And this is how I know in 2 Corinthians says it like this, because of this decision, we don't evaluate people by what what they have or how they look, right? This is the whole labels thing. We don't try to fit people into a box anymore because we looked at Jesus, the Messiah that way once, and we got it all wrong. As you know, we certainly don't look at him, Jesus that way 
anymore. Now we look at the inside. And what we see is that anyone united with Jesus, they get a fresh start. They're created new. The old life is actually gone and a new life flourishes. Look at it. All this comes from the God who settled the relationship between us and him and then called us to settle our relationships with each other. God put the world square with himself through the Messiah, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. Here's your purpose. God has given us the task then of telling everyone what he is doing. We're Christ's representatives. God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences, right? Drop the, their, their boxes, the things that drive wedges between parents and children, that drive, the drives wedges between workers and, and co-workers, and persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Be friends with God. He's already a friend with you. So now that we know this, let's simplify our purpose. Here's our purpose. Our purpose is to use our personality and passion to connect people to God. Your, pers- your, your, your purpose is to use the way that God has designed you, the way that you view the world, the way that you think, the things that you're passionate about, the things that you're interested in, to use those things to connect people to God. I want to continue to simplify this because I think if we can simplify, maybe we can understand a little bit more. And if we can understand a little bit more, maybe we can apply it a little bit better in our lives. I want to say it like this. Our purpose is to use our personality and passion to show love to others. How can I say that? Because the Bible says that God is love. And when we show people love, we show people God. Another passage of scripture says this, they will know that you are Christians. He doesn't say not by making sure that you're perfect. He doesn't say by making sure that you live a really moral life. He didn't say by by making sure that you invite people to church. No, they'll know that you are Christians by the love that you have for one another. When we use our personality and passion to show love to others, we're using our personality and passion to connect people to God. We use our personality and passion to connect people to God. We're using our personality and passion to push God's plan forward. Simplify it even more. Here's another way of saying it. Our purpose is to use our personality and passion to make a difference. That's the purpose of your life. To use your personality and passion to make a difference. How can I say that? Because the Bible is our greatest teacher, right? It teaches us that the only way we can really make a difference is through love. Right? First Corinthians says that if I have not love, then I have nothing. In fact, all of the great concepts that we talked about, even in this series, something like faith. Faith works by love. If love isn't in the mix of everything that we do in our lives, then nothing is going to work. It's our greatest weapon. It's our greatest tool, resource that we have as human beings. So our purpose is to use our personality, our passions, to make a difference because when we use our personality and our passions to make a difference, we're using our personality and passions to show love to others. When we use our personality and passion to show love to others, we're using our personality and passion to connect people to God, pushing God's plan forward. We see this all throughout the Bible. You look, you guys are probably familiar with the story of David and Goliath. David, who as a young shepherd boy, probably had the personality that out in the fields, he was a daydreamer. You probably may have a kid like this that's always thinking of superheroes and running around with their action figures, right? They're thinking of larger-than-life stuff. This is probably David's personality, sitting daydreaming about taking on giants and things that were larger than life. And this is just his personality, how he was geared, and it was often overlooked. Even his own father overlooked it. 
But his personality and his passion, his passion for outdoorsy stuff, using a slingshot. I can imagine all the times he just took a rock and a slingshot and just tried to hit another rock, just trying to perfect his, his, his aim. Why? Just because he loved it, just because he was passionate about it. And then you have God's plan, God's desire to take out a giant who had been bullying his people, keeping God's destiny and God's purpose, God's, God's promises from happening in the land. And what do you see? You see David who uses personality, the thought larger than life, and his passion for things like using a slingshot. You see it collide with God's plan as he pushes God's, forward, God's plan forward as he takes a rock and he puts it between the eyes of a giant, giving freedom to God's people. And this is what God wants to do with us. That you could, in your own unique way, use your personality and your passion to push God's plan forward. To connect people to God. To show love to others. To make a difference. Next question you're probably asking is, how do I do that? How do I do it? If that's what I'm supposed to do, how do I do it? To your question, I respond with another question. How do you want to do it? In life, we have this tendency to so overcomplicate so many things. Here's my, my thing to you today. If God has given you the greatest decision you will ever make in your life, and he gave you the power to make that choice, what would that be, your power to choose him or not? God, in all of his greatness, your creator, gave you the choice to say, do you want me or do you not? And that choice is important to me. If God gave you that choice, don't you think God's going to allow you to make choices about the smaller things in life? If you're really that intricately designed by God and God has, has made you and fashioned you intentionally, don't you think that we shouldn't belittle the passions that God has given us? Maybe we should make some decisions as to how we want to express the life that God has given us as a gift. I think in life we pedestal this idea of what we want to do. And we pedest when we pedestal this idea of what we want to do, I think it becomes a great distraction. Because when we live with this idea about, well, this is what I want to do, and we make our purpose what we do, we make our purpose a their moment. So when I get there, I'll be happy. The problem is you can't be there every waking moment of every day. And so if your idea of your purpose, your calling is what you're going to do, you're going to live much of your life dissatisfied. Because you can't always, if you want to be a surgeon, you can't always be doing surgery. I talk to people that want to be preachers. You can't always be on a platform preaching. Because here, here's the deal. Your purpose is not what you do. Your purpose is the reason you do what you do. Your purpose in life, your calling, whatever you want to call it in life, it isn't what you do. It's the reason you do what you do. We talk about purpose because our purpose is the place that we find our significance, the reason for which we were made. Your significance in life isn't to be found in what you do. Your significance in life is to be found in the reason you do what you do. When you own this, when I begin to understand that my purpose isn't something that I'm going to be doing, I can, I'm able to find fulfillment and contentment and that place of belonging in any phase of life that I'm in. Whether I'm a single mom, man, with three kids, and life's kind of tough right now, and I want to be doing other, I want to be doing other things, I'm still able to live on purpose. I'm still able to use my personality and passion to be a great mom to my kids. What is that doing? It's showing love to others. It's connecting people to God. It's pushing God's plan forward. There's no season of your life then that becomes insignificant because you're always able to harness your personality and passion for God's greater good. This is how we experience fulfillment in our lives. In Proverbs 16, 9, it says this, A man's mind plans his way as he journeys through life, but the Lord directs and establishes 
his steps. A lot of people have seen this scripture like this. A man's mind plans his way. You want to do this, but don't worry. God's really going to have you doing this. That's really not what this scripture is saying at all. What it's saying is a man's mind, mind plans his way as he journeys through life. God has placed things on the inside of your heart, and they're intentional. And as you begin, what happens is as you begin to walk out those things that God has placed in your heart, what God does, he directs and he establishes or he makes firm your steps. As you begin to make decisions in life based upon the things that God has not accidentally but intentionally placed inside of your heart, when you begin to walk them out, God establishes your steps. What I'm saying today is God's got your back. God's got your back. I love it. You, many of you have probably heard the scripture, rejoice for the steps of the righteous, or of the Lord. Another translation uh, says it like this, the Lord makes firm, the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who delights in him. Whose steps are they? They're your steps. If you're someone who's committed your life to Christ, if you're someone who's come into relationship with God through Jesus, please don't you dare for a second belittle the dreams and the passions that God has placed on the inside of your heart. Don't you dare for a second think that the passions that are in your heart are in conflict with the passions in God's heart. God wants to take the passions that he's designed, just like your thumbprint, just like your DNA, and he wants to use them to affect change in the world in your own unique way by making a difference, by showing love to others, by connecting people to God. Don't belittle the things that God has placed on the inside of you. Please hear that today. Don't allow people that have tried to get you to fit into their box, that have tried to get you to fit into their mold, don't allow them to keep you from what God has destined you. Why is it hard? Why is it hard to do this? I think it's hard because of what we talked about in the beginning, labels, right? These boxes that we've been placed into our entire lives. People have have tried to get us to fit into their mold. And because of something that someone said to us, that something said about us, that, yeah, it will never happen. You can't do life that way. We allowed that box to create a box for our God to fit in. We allow our past, the things that we've been through. I can never do that. Look at the things that I've done. And we allow these things that we've done to create a box for our life, these labels that keep us prisoner from the place that God has destined us for. What is your box today? What is the thing that holds you back? I just, it's just a stupid idea. I don't, I don't even know. Is it me or is it God? I don't, I don't even know. And, and, and what we allow is we allow these boxes because we don't have a frame of reference for God wants to do in our life. We allow it to dismiss God's plan because we see it as insignificant. Be willing in your life today to let go of the labels. Be willing in your life today to let go of the things that you don't understand. Be willing in your life today to take your big, big God out of the box to allow God to be God in your life. God's plans for you are greater than you could even imagine if you would commit to understanding that the way that you think, the personality that you have, and the passions that God has given you, they are not accidental. They're on purpose. And God wants to use you to affect change in the world. Several months ago, we were in the middle of a campaign raising uh, funds for our Madeira campus, our Madeira launch. And uh, what we did is we got up before everybody and we were like, hey, like we understand everybody may not have the finances to contribute um, extra, you know, like beyond your, your tithe to this campaign that we're doing. So this is what we're, we're asking everybody to do. And everybody that was a part of the church kind of did this to, to find a way there's something that we can do to, to kind of raise funds. So lots of people were recycling water bottles. People were hosting um, yard sales. And there was one couple in the church, there was one lady, in fact, she always kind of had this 
this knack for baking. It was kind of like her thing, but she just kind of was insecure about it. She didn't really think it was that great. But she thought, you know, I mean, that's the best that I can do. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to step out. I'm just going to start making cakes. And so she started making these cakes and in hopes that maybe somebody would like them. Maybe she could raise, you know, a few dollars to, to kind of help push God's plan forward. What's funny is she, she stepped out to do that. People started going crazy about these cakes. People started ordering them like crazy, hitting, hitting, up, hitting her up on Facebook saying, hey, how do I get one of these cakes? I have a birthday party. I have a thing going on at work. I want to order one of these cakes. And so she's going to be making more and more cakes, something that she used to be little because it was just baking to her. As time went on, just recently I talked to them and they had to go get a business license because things were taking off so much. But they had to take a business license to begin to continue to walk out this plan that God has for them. It never would have happened if she would have belittled personality and passion that God gave her. What have people shamed in your life? What are the things that you've belittled because you've never seen it before? What are the things in your life that you've been thinking, you know what, it's probably just me? No. Don't doubt the greatness of your God. Don't doubt the things that God has placed on the inside of your hearts. Jeremiah 29, 11. Probably my favorite passage in scripture that I hold on to every day. It says this, I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, to not abandon you. Plans to give you the future. Who hopes for? You hope for. The passions that are inside of your heart, the things that you desire for your life, they are not in conflict with God's desires when you become a follower of Christ. God works with you to establish your steps. What is your step today? God's plan, God's desire for you is greater than you could even imagine. It's not that complicated. It's not that complicated. You have a great, great God who believes in you. You have a great, great God that wants to prosper you, that wants the broken things in your life to be put back together. You have a great, great God that wants to take the labels, the society and your family and people have placed on you that you've never been able to escape. God wants to offer you acceptance and belonging that, that is so much greater than demographics, that's so much greater than a label or a stereotype. You are loved by God because you are made by God. Today, at all of our campuses, before we dismiss, can we take a moment? And I don't know what part of this conversation today stood out most to you. But I do know this, that we all, based upon human nature, have boxes that we fit our lives into. And we have boxes that we compartmentalize the way that we are, the dysfunctions that we have. We even compartmentalize how big our God can be. And Drew, I want you to sing something. And I just want us to take a second just to go deep into our hearts and say, God, please help us. Please help us to lose the labels. God, I apologize for putting you in a box, for belittling my personality that I've hated my entire life that really I see today was given by you. God, I ask that you would use it today to bring glory to your cause. I will This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Randy Han and Celebration Church in Fresno, California. For more information, please visit celebrationchurch.cc.